This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Well, the biggest story throughout Alabama this Thursday has nothing to do with politics, but with college football. University of Alabama head coach Nick Saban announced on Wednesday that he's retiring after 17 years of coaching at Alabama. Under Saban's leadership, the Crimson Tide won six national championships. He also won a title with the LSU Tigers when he coached there before Alabama. There have also been four Heisman Trophy winners from the Alabama football team ever since Saban came on board in 2007. Those winners were Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, Devonta Smith, and Bryce Young. Alabama is opting out of the upcoming Summer Grocery Benefits Program for students. There are a total of 15 states that will not be participating in what is called the Summer Electronic Benefit Transfer, or EBT. The program is coming from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Alabama did take part in the program during the COVID crisis. Spokesman Mike Lewis from Governor Ivey's office says that the federal government has slashed its funding of the program by 50% for 2024. The announcement of those changes came after the state of Alabama held its 2023 state legislative session when the state budget monies could have been reallocated in order to continue the program. The USDA program provides $120 per month per eligible child during the summer through the use of a preloaded EBT benefits card. The card is to be used in order to buy food at the grocers, farmer markets, and other sources. The state of Alabama will be able to opt back into the program in the future. This week, workers at the Mercedes-Benz Auto Plant in Vance have signed onto union authorization cards. The United Auto Workers Union says that those signatures met the necessary 30% of the workforce in order for the plant to unionize. UAW says that Mercedes made a 200% profit over the past three years, while the price for Mercedes vehicles jumped in the U.S. by 31%, yet pay for workers remained the same. A unionization effort at the Amazon Center in Bessemer has occurred several times in the past few years, but they have failed to gain traction in this area. The family of a former Mobile police officer who died while in jail is now filing a federal lawsuit against the Washington County Sheriff Richard Stringer and a detention officer. 36-year-old Robert Harris died while in the Washington County Jail back in June of 2022. Authorities say that Harris walked into the street asking for police to kill him. Police tried to tase Harris and even fired shots at him, but they did not hit him. Harris then fled the scene, only to be arrested a week later after a car crash. Harris was then found dead in his jail cell days later. Lawyers for the Harris family say that Harris was restrained in a chair, beaten and left alone without medical attention, all of which they say caused his death. Danita Harris tells 1890 News that her son was a good man who was undergoing a mental health crisis and that they were in the process of getting him evaluated and admitted to a hospital, but the sheriff refused to help in that process. The lawsuit also details inhumane and understaffed conditions in that jail. The result of a special election in Senate District 9 are in from this past Tuesday. State Representative Wes Kitchens has been declared the winner in a three-man race for the seat. Kitchens received 53% of the vote over Brock Colvin, who got 38%, and Stacey George, who received 9%. The Senate District 9 seat was vacated in 2023 by Clay Schofield, who went on to join the Business Council of Alabama. With Kitchens moving from the Alabama House over to the state Senate, another special election will need to be held in order to fill Kitchens' vacant seat. And the results from a special election held in Fayette County this past Tuesday are now in. Republican Brian Brynjark has won that race over Democrat John Underwood in order to represent Alabama House District 16. 
That seat was vacated by Kyle South, who went on to serve as CEO of the West Alabama Chamber of Commerce. Brynjark tells 1890 News he is humbled to be elected to the state legislature and is ready to get to work. State Senator Chris Elliott has pre-filed a bill that, if passed into law, would allow local law enforcement officers to contract with private schools in order to supply the necessary security and SROs. There is currently no provision in state law that allows law enforcement to enter into a contract with non-public schools. The bill also allows for an individual non-public school to enter into a contract without the approval of the local Board of Education. A school that is considered non-public is either private, church-affiliated, religious, or parochial school that offers K-12th through grade education. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news. Well, there is a lot going on in the nation in just the first 10 days of a new year. I'm going to be a little hard-pressed in narrowing down all the stories to the most pertinent for Daily Detail listeners. White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby has confirmed that Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin was in the hospital as recently as this past Tuesday. Kirby was asked by a reporter about how the briefing went down between Austin and Joe Biden over the conflict in the Middle East. You said that uh, Secretary Austin took uh, part in the conversations regarding the Red Sea. Uh, do you know if he was conducting his business from the bedside or is he at release from the hospital? Uh, I would refer you to the Pentagon for uh, his whereabouts and his condition. It's our, uh, yesterday, at least for where he is today, yesterday he was still in the hospital when he participated in that discussion. Just this past Tuesday, it also became known to Joe Biden and the rest of Americans all at the same time that Austin has prostrate cancer and was in the ICU last week for a urinary tract infection that's related to his cancer treatment. Meanwhile, Joe Biden's son is running, not for president, but out of the Capitol building. Hunter Biden actually showed up to a House Oversight Committee hearing where the discussion was about holding him in contempt of Congress for defying a subpoena. Hunter Biden actually sat in the crowd watching the whole process go down. When Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene had a chance at the microphone, she directed a question at Hunter and he and his whole entourage stood up and fled the building. Here's the audio. Ms. Green from Georgia for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse going? me, Hunter. Apparently, you're afraid of my words. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> oh. I'd like to reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman. Wow, that's too bad. I think it's clear and obvious for everyone watching this hearing today that Hunter Biden is terrified of strong conservative Republican women because he can't even face my words as I was about to speak to him. What a coward. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie has dropped out of the Republican presidential primary. Town Hall Media has posted some audio of Chris Christie talking on a hot mic while he was backstage waiting to go on stage to make his decision public. Here's what he said about Nikki Haley, who remains in the primary race. Yeah, I mean, look, she spent $68 million so far, just on TV. Spent $68 million so far, $59 million by DeSantis, and we spent twelve. I mean, who's punching above their weight and who's getting a return on their investment, you know? And she's going to get smoked. And you and I both know it. She's not up to this. And when it comes to John Anthony Castro of Texas, that is the man who is also running in the Republican presidential primary. Castro is the one who has been launching dozens of lawsuits in various states 
where he is seeking to remove Donald Trump from the primary ballot for being an insurrectionist. In an amazing plot twist, Castro was arrested on Wednesday and charged with 33 felony counts of false tax returns. Castro apparently ran a virtual tax preparation business and would get larger sums of tax returns from the federal government than the client was actually qualified to receive. The bust of Castro's operation comes after a police officer went undercover posing as a customer, knowing that he should get $370 in tax returns, but instead was offered $6,000 by Castro due to fraudulently filed deductions. And the arrest of Castro comes on the very same day that a judge in New Hampshire dismissed Castro's lawsuit to get Trump off the ballot in that state. Just a day before, Nevada did the very same thing, and before that, Florida. So far, only two states have taken action like this against Trump, Colorado and Maine. Those state actions are now being challenged before the U.S. Supreme Court, and the oral arguments on the case will occur the first week of February. On the state level, when it comes to elections, a judge in Wisconsin has ruled that using vans for in-person absentee voting is a violation of election law. The judge ruled that the state law does not explicitly outlaw mobile voting vans, but neither does it permit it. The mobile voting vans were used in Racine, Wisconsin in 2022. Racine City Clerk Tara McMenamine brought the lawsuit, saying this allowance only favors the Democrat Party. The judge agreed, saying that the statute clearly and unequivocally indicates that chosen alternate absentee balloting sites cannot afford an advantage to any one particular political party. Clerk McManaman provided a statistical study in this case showing how the use of those vans provided advantages to Democrats. Over in another swing state, the state of Michigan, there were thousands of fraudulent voter applications turned into various city clerks back in 2020. This is a story that is not going away. The Gateway Pundit has now released more details about the cover-up and silencing of the Michigan State Police report, which looked into the actions of GBI Industries to acquire and submit tens of thousands of voter registration forms ahead of the 2020 presidential election. When Gateway Pundit first published the whole Michigan story a few months ago, election officials in that state read the story and knew what had happened with the cover-up by Michigan Democrat Attorney General Dana Nessel and the Democrat Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, so they contacted the Gateway Pundit as whistleblowers. That has brought forth even more documents, including the unredacted Michigan State Police report and the audio of a deposition of one of the GBI employees who turned in thousands of these applications to a Muskegon election clerk, Ann Meisch. Meisch became immediately alarmed and was the one who contacted local Muskegon police. The GBI employee is Brianna Hawkins, who admitted on video that she found thousands of those voter applications to be fraudulent. But when she approached the head of GBI, Gary Bell, he said, don't worry about it. It's all okay." Now, remember, Joe Biden supposedly won Michigan over Donald Trump in 2020 with a margin of vote that was just under 10,000. The Biden administration overreach into every facet of American life just got a smackdown from the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. That court has blocked the Biden administration's attempt to repeal efficiency standards on dishwashers and laundry machines that were implemented by Donald Trump. The U.S. Department of Energy was seeking to tighten up the regulations on these appliances. The Fifth Circuit Court called the actions arbitrary and capricious. The court sided with the 2020 rules that were set forth by the Trump administration, rather than the repeal rules that were created in 2022 by the Department of Energy. You can thank the state of Louisiana and its Attorney General Liz Merle for launching this whole lawsuit against the new regulation. Merle says it's not energy efficient to have to wash your dishes and clothes twice over because under the Biden proposal, appliances simply do not do their jobs the first time around. 
You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values.